0: Hello, welcome into to Empty Your Queue. Uh, my name is Dustin and with me is Cameron. As always. And today we're going to switch it up a little bit. We are talking about uh, bad movies. Just like yeah. good, good, those good bad movies. Our
1: favorite bad bad movie. Like actually bad movies. Yeah. So like- Batman and Robin's not going to be discussed today it seems. I've maybe been fighting for this on this one. And I'm not saying it's a bad movie, but it is a bad good movie. But Dustin doesn't really. I guess that doesn't fall in the criteria. I think it's just a good whatever movie. the hell he's talking about here today. So it's a good movie. Um. Yeah. So maybe like Batman sixty six. No, that's a great movie.
0: That's yeah, another um,
1: one. Batman Returns. Uh-huh. So
0: so what gave me this idea was I was watching the the movie version of Need for Speed. Yeah. With Aaron Paul and Dominic Cooper. Yeah. And Rami Malek three years before he wins an Academy <laughs> Award.
1: Yes. Like, which still. T- three
0: or four years before. and uh, I can't believe. It is not a good movie. No. It's absolutely ridiculous. It feels like they told Aaron Paul, like, bro. This was
1: sp- supposed to be, like, Aaron Paul's jump to film stardom he like drove out of breaking
0: bad into the need for speed movie yeah if you remember how breaking bad ended for jesse yeah granted they
1: did make an actual movie (laughs) that explained that so el camino now that joke doesn't work Eh, it's fine i gotta (laughs) but because you made that same joke when this movie came out oh yeah i did did, yeah
0: and uh it was supposed to be like one is supposed to be setting up aaron paul as a action star two it was supposed to set up their own like fast and the furious a jays type of franchise
1: the need for speed franchise yeah the
0: need for speed cinematic universe the nfscu (laughs) Um, and and it's just ridiculous like it's so everyone in it seems to know how like ridiculous everything is except for aaron paul that was i was
1: gonna say (laughs) i was like yeah that is true but Aaron Paul's like really he's he's dialed it in. in in some scenes. He is like
0: he's like I just did five years of Breaking Bad. Like I'm intense as hell right now. Yeah,
1: he's he's doing serious Jesse Pinkman.
0: There's like crying scenes and like stuff where he's like just tormented. Yes, and everyone else is like, oh, Kid Cuddy's dancing. Like here we go.
1: Oh yeah, Cudi is in Cuddy's this. in it. It's yes. got Imogen
0: Poots. It's got Dominic Cooper as like, okay, one of the most one-dimensional villains I can remember in a movie. Okay, um. He's Dominic so, Cooper is. He's Howard Stark. He's young Howard Stark in the Marvel Universe.
1: Okay. He also yes. did a movie
0: called The Devil's Double. Well, because uh, Roger
1: Sterling, I forget his goddamn name, oh, is also young Yeah, is also yeah. And I recognize him more as.
0: Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, he's like Captain America One. Howard yes, Stark. he is. Yeah, yeah. that's Dominic I know. Cooper. Okay, okay. And then the the thing that elevates this movie for me to from just a bad movie there's two things about it that I absolutely love and why I watch it when it's on is one 99.9% of all of the stunt work with the cars and all the racing scenes is real. Yeah. It's all live action and like practical stunts, which I think is really cool. Cause like as I know fast and the furious tries to do it a lot too, but as they get bigger and bigger, like,
1: yeah, it's kind of hard to... The last
0: one ended with cars racing on ice behind a submarine.
1: That was bursting through the ice. Yeah, there's
0: no way... Yeah.
1: Yeah. Uh, it so was I, like an ocean of ice. I it was res- like a frozen over ocean. I
0: respected, I respected <laughs> Need for Speeds.
1: I think it was like the Baltic Sea was frozen it was, yeah, over. It was like Antarctica. <laughs> yeah. Just,
0: and uh, I, so I really like the practical effects of Need for Speed. It's really cool. You can tell because the way the cars explode into like a bajillion pieces anytime anything happens. I think he blows out the bottom of one of the cars, like doing a sick jump off a hill, and you're just like, "Oh God, that must have cost like a fortune here." But no, the big thing for me for this movie is Michael Keaton is in it as this dude named the Monarch who just sits in a tower and talks about exposition.
1: His name is the Monarch, I believe. His name is Brothers Mighty Monarch. Yeah, right.
0: (laughs) And he just talks about exposition. He just exposition dumps everything. And it's incredible. The mighty Monarch. <laughs> he is Monarch. Okay. I thought I was wrong. Wow. Really? He's That's just hilarious. known as Monarch.
1: Because the Monarch for me is the Mighty Monarch from the Venture Brothers.
0: Right. Like that. There's a part near the end of this movie where.
1: Butterfly, butterfly based supervillain.
0: So the idea <laughs> is that, uh, that Jesse Pinkman, Aaron Paul it takes the fall for a street racing accident that causes the death of one of his friends because Dominic Cooper flees the scene and like buries the evidence that he was there. He buries the car. He, he like hides all the cars and okay. it's just Aaron Paul left to take the fall. Okay. So Aaron Paul comes out looking for vengeance. And the the way he finally tries to get his vengeance <laughs> is he hides all the cars. Is he races him in this big race at the end. And Michael Keaton, before the race starts, Aaron Paul pulls up and he gets one of the cars that Dominic Cooper hid. And he pulls up in it. And Michael Keaton goes, oh, well, Toby Marshall just stepped out of an, a, a yellow Agera. That's the same type of car that that lady said that was on the road the day Pete died. Hmm. Seems a lot like uh, like he might have been telling the truth here about the accident that killed Pete all those years ago and it's like he just such specific like exposition dumps in this movie and it happens like five or six times and it's like michael keaton for years was such a selective actor like he wouldn't he like he stopped appearing in things for a while yeah so for like one of the first things i saw him again in like years later to be need for speed i
1: think he did birdman before this
0: I think it might have been the same year. Yeah. But but I
1: know. Yeah. I I don't know. Selective is a little odd. This is the man who made Multiplicity. One of my favorite movies and would be, I guess you could say, a bad movie that I love. Um, But I don't know about Selective. He just just didn't work for a while. He
0: didn't work for a while. Yeah. And then he came back with other guys. Toy Story 3 he was in. he plays the bear
1: in toy story three doesn't he no he's ken oh yeah yeah he is ken
0: 2014 was not a good year for the Keats outside of birdman oh yeah his selective choosing his selective choosing for 2014 was birdman need for speed and the remake of robocop
1: oh yes that was awful
0: but i just yeah i just not a
1: good bad movie robocop
0: yeah no that was a terrible remake uh, so what, what's one of yours? What's one of your like best, worst movies? So I'm going to start, because I just thought of four sitting here. <laughs> oh, well, we right. had the two.
1: We had the two, or the three. Right. And then I thought of a fourth one that I was like, I've always kind of stood by this is one of the better in the series. I kind of enjoy it more than four. Uh, and I'm going to start with that here, and then we're going to save kind of the meat later. Okay. I think I'm going to be talking more about, because you seem to just have two. I'll, I'm
0: sure I'll think of more as we go. And I'm
1: like, I got three real solid ones. And this <laughs> one here that I've always enjoyed. I think it is one of the better in the series outside of the first. It's probably one of my favorite, actually, outside of the first one. And that's Rocky five.
0: All right.
1: So Rocky one. Great story. Perseverance. Love. He loses in the end, but what he gains is in life experience and love.
0: And respect.
1: Outweighs that and respect. Number two, now he wins. <laughs> now you're hearing about it. Now he's going to win. He's a champion now. Number three is about knocking him down again and him building himself back up because there's always a better man, and that's Mr. T in number three. He starts by fighting Hulk Hogan in the beginning. Well, I remember but that. But then he fights Mr. T at the end. Four. That's about America fighting the Cold War, blah, blah, blah. Now, five is where he's retired. He's had to retire because of concussions, can't fight anymore. He's out. So there's this new up and comer named Tommy Gunn that is like, he it reminds him of himself. He's this blue collar dude. Right. And he starts to train him, and then he betrays Rocky for this Don King style promoter that sends him on a road of like glitz and glamor and riches. And he becomes a great champion and Rocky's just like, you're doing it wrong. It's this whole like all about honor. He's like, like Rocky at this point is like this old, he's the old guard. Mm -hmm. He's just like, he's a Ronin. He's a masterless Sam Samurai. Mick has died. Um, no one's really in his life anymore. I don't think his kids around. I think that's where they explore that the kid is left and stuff. Doesn't want to be with him. Um, I believe, uh, Adrian has died at this point. Uh, yeah, yeah. Adrian dies. I think in this one, I was gonna
0: say, I think this is the one. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Adrian dies. Mick dies in four, right? Mm -hmm. Um, either three or four Mick dies. So Rocky really has nobody. He's not really Rocky anymore. Like no one gives a shit about Rocky or the great champion, Rocky. It's all about Tommy gun and this promoter gets him to the top. And then in the end, Rocky's finally fed up because he's like, he comes to like a bar that Rocky's at and he starts talking shit to Rocky and Rocky's like, you know what motherfucker, let's settle this here. Like let's finish this now. And it ends with Rocky in a fucking street fight <laughs> with Tommy Gunn that right. he wins. And it's kind of, it's like the unforgiven for boxers. It's like, it's that old Western style, like the the hero that's seen better days and, and is, you know, that one last ride. And, and it's wonderful in this. People hate this movie. Like, people do not like Rocky Five. Mm-hmm. Fans of Rocky, like diehard fans of Rocky, think it's the worst in this series, And I argue that is the best because it has more substance to it than 2, 3, or 4. Because two is just him winning. He's not overcoming really anything. Right. Three is, I guess, him overcoming, like, the black man. I don't know. like, Because, like, that's what Mr. T essentially represents at that time. Yeah, basically. Like, like he comes in in his gold chains. He's, like, coming after his wife. Like, he... The third one is really problematic to me. Like, it is all about what white people fear and black people in Mr. T and then he beats the shit out of Mr. T in the end <laughs> after losing to Mr. T. Right. And then the fourth one is all about beating Russia and about the Cold War and has that subtext to it, but I mean really it's it's really raw raw American stuff. Like it's not any balance in it at no, all. No, yeah, it's uh, and then this one comes along and actually has some substance to it. <laughs> and it makes you think a little bit. It also takes Rocky down a peg. Puts him at the street level which is kind of where this guy has always been. And that's the first one. Like that's the guy who runs down the streets of Philly who's punching a fucking cow carcass in a frozen meat uh locker. Like right. It brings you back to that guy more than the other ones. He's okay. not running up a mountain and like carrying a tree or some shit. Like I don't know. I think outside of the Rocky Balboa, which I think is really good, Rocky Balboa is the same thing. Like Rocky Balboa is the same movie as Rocky five Mm -hmm. where it's like a redemption story. It's like that one last ride for this old broken down, you know, sheriff essentially. Um, you know, so I love it. I love it a lot.
0: I respect it. That's okay. I didn't, I didn't know which way you were going with that, but okay. (laughs) Uh, that's why I
1: busted out that one first. Cause that's the more like justifiable, like, Hey, think about it this way oh it's um, so
0: minor just like it's bad but it's ridiculous and i yeah it, yeah really. so that's
1: the ones coming for so
0: me then, so my next one i love the movie premium rush
1: okay the joseph gordon levitt uh delivery boy the thriller the
0: Jogo levitt bike messenger action thriller <laughs> yes there we go with uh, michael shannon pre
1: amazon prime trucks everywhere yeah
0: <laughs> uh it's in new york city it's filmed like the most frenetic hard to follow like you see like you're following a dude on a bicycle bicycling through the streets of new york he's
1: not just bicycling as michael shannon is like it's michael shannon michael right?
0: shannon is a corrupt cop yeah that is. he needs to get a package that's been given to joseph gordon levitt's bike messenger and he's like this package gets there the, he's yeah he's like tom Hanks in castaway he's, he's like, like
1: kevin costner in the postman yeah
0: he's like this uh-uh it's in the bag bro <laughs> i think he even says it to michael shannon at one yeah, I point i believe
1: so when he first pulls up to him like he's, he's like, like hey in the bag. It's... hey
0: buddy i gotta get that package So he's like up oh, already dropped it sorry yeah. and he's like you listen here you little shit and like it just unfolds in real time over like you find out that michael shannon's cop character has like debts to the mob and if he doesn't get this tape or whatever it is he's gonna get killed and he's got 24 hours so it sets a timer and you're following this countdown timer and it's just so ridiculous (laughs) I don't know if the phrase like I don't know where I heard this phrase because I don't think I came up with it but I've always thought of this as like the perfect popcorn movie where it's like you watch it and you enjoy it and then when you leave the theater you never think about it again and you're just like yeah okay cool so, yeah, this is from 2012. I believe it came out right before Michael Shannon was in uh, Man of Steel. Is it? It came out, yeah, it came out the year before Man of Steel. Okay. Um, And it's just, it's ridiculous. It's absolutely, it's absolutely insane. Joseph Gordon-Levitt realizes, like, hey, I'm in the middle of a pretty cliched, cheesy movie here, but it's okay. Because I think part of this is, like, in Ode to Old Looney Tunes, tell me what you think about this. So the bad, so Michael Shannon's name is Robert. Wait, did they
1: try to shoot him up with this? Is there a shoot him up theory with this? Well, it's no. not a theory because shoot him up, because shoot him really. up is a Bugs Bunny. Yeah, yeah.
0: No, so Michael Shannon's name is Robert Bobby Monday in this, and Joseph Gordon-Levitt's bike messenger is named uh, Wiley, and that's all they call him. The whole that's the only name they give him, and they just call him Wiley. So I wonder if this is supposed to be like a like a road Runner Wiley e. Coyote type thing.
1: Is it? I don't does he set trap? well, I mean, cause it's not like the character named Wiley is the one who would have the track set up f- for yeah. him.
0: He's the one fleeing. But th- it's an absolutely insane it's directed and uh I believe written by yeah, by David Cope or David Kep. I don't know how you pronounce his last name. But uh, he's also written movies like uh, the remake of The Mummy, oof. Uh, <laughs> Angels and Demons, oof. He was a co-writer on Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of oh, the Crystal Skull. No. He wrote Panic Room. He wrote the first Spider-Man movie, the live-action okay. Tobey Maguire one.
1: Okay, so he's he's really resting on those laurels. He
0: wrote uh, Secret Window, oh, which I believe he also directed. He wrote and directed uh, Stir of Echoes.
1: Okay, Stir of Echoes was tight. I <laughs> really like Stir of Echoes.
0: It's not bad. And then the last one, so he wrote a That's couple- That's a
1: good mo- Kevin Bacon film. Stir he wrote a Echoes. couple
0: movies after Premium Rush, but the last one he directed was uh, actually this year, is You Should Have Left, which is another Kevin That's Bacon That's a Kevin movie. Bacon
1: jam, yeah. too. Okay, so Him and the bakes. This dude is pretty They're like- Shaken and bacon.
0: He's like, I know what to do about making just insanely digestible and forgettable action movies here. It seems that way. And it's just so funny because like you wouldn't think about any suspense coming from a world of bike messengers. No. And there's not much. You get some sick bike stunts. You get some crazy. I think he gets hit by a car at one point. Like,
1: Oh, you got to have him. Yeah, you got to yeah, have him hit, hit by, by a, by car. a taxi.
0: It doesn't it does unusual things with like it shows you like the pins on a map moving like is
1: it taking place in New York or Los
0: Angeles? I forget. Uh, New York. Okay, that makes more sense. Yeah, and I remember I remember the moment I knew I was gonna love this movie was there's a part where he says it was when
1: Joseph Gordon Levitt was in it?
0: No, the first thing he says <laughs> in the movie is like, This is how I ride. Fixed fixed gears, no brakes, can't stop, won't stop. Or something like that. He says like can't he doesn't stop. doesn't have brakes on his. No, bike? his bike doesn't have have brakes. He's like, I can't stop. Don't want to stop or something like that. Why wouldn't you at least have that basic safety precaution? Because New York like, City's not that busy for bike messengers, yeah, is it?
1: <laughs> no, you just don't have to have any regard for anything out there. It's I just if you want to watch Michael open. Shannon
0: and Joseph Gordon Levitt just like decide to see who can like chew scenery more. It's Michael Shannon. It's Michael Spoiler Shannon, alert. yeah. It's, it's not Shannon. yeah, it's
1: Michael Shannon all day, every day. But it's absolutely incredible. The, like Meek whispering Joseph Gordon Levitt. Yeah,
0: basically <laughs> he's like, Hey, um, I can't recommend this one enough. By the way, he's a dad.
1: Didn't know that. Yes, he is. Was very like, Wait, what? This guy has children? Not in a bad way, but just like I just I just felt like Joseph Gordon Levitt would have been like, I'm gonna be a forever playboy or something didn't get like that. that. No, I don't know.
0: I don't know. It's uh it's on Prime if you want to stream it. Can't recommend it enough.
1: Stream it, me.
0: It's uh an hour and twenty eight minutes long. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's a. It's a. It's a quick. <laughs> you're you're breezing through this. Yeah. yeah. So, so what do you got? What's your next one? What's next on your? So
1: next is the Eddie Murphy classic Norbit. Um, nothing good. There's nothing good about this film. It is insensitive towards Asian people black people somehow, fat people. Um, literally everyone across the board it's offensive to. Mm-hmm. Uh, but God damn it, is it funny? <laughs> solely solely based on Terry Crews trying to make a strip club slash restaurant called Nippleopolis, which is the greatest strip club name I think I've ever heard in my life. Okay. Um, So I don't know. Fandy Newton's in it. Uh, which is really like to this day i'm still like how how think like, like her and, and eddie yeah. have to be really good friends and eddie's like i got a movie it's norbit i'm gonna be in a fat suit again and she's like oh fat suit well because this professor. yeah this
0: was like everyone was like oh, oh yeah. man
1: hell yeah I was, that's what get me there he's doing characters again he's, i love it i love it i love this movie because it's it is quintessential eddie murphy to me it's like offensive it, and dated. It's offensive. It's dated. He's wearing a fat suit. He's doing different characters. Like He plays the, He plays both main characters, which is uh, Norbit.
0: So, yeah. So, what's this um, movie about?
1: So, Norbit is a very, as I use Meek to describe uh, Go- Joseph Gordon-Levitt.
0: Joseph Gordon-Levitt.
1: Jogo-Levitt. I used uh, <laughs> JGL. Uh, I will use Meek to describe Norbit, who's this nerdy, uh... uh bespectacled bucktooth it's basically buckwheat he's he's literally okay he's adult buckwheat essentially in this film uh who is in a relationship with oh shit what is her name letitia letitia i her catchphrase is how are you doing Um, which is great.
0: It's also Eddie Murphy.
1: It is also Eddie Murphy. And she's like this 400. Rasputia. Rasputia. Oh, how the fuck did I forget that? Rasputia, man. Oh, Rasputia. Um, he's basically in the same, Eddie Murphy's in the same fat suit he was in for the nutty professor, Mm -hmm. but now he's dressed up as a woman. Okay. So it's, um, it's so bad. Um, yeah, she talks like this. Oh my God, how you doing? Like that's her whole shtick. Um, it's really offensive. I just can't stress enough. Like some of the stuff describing it, I feel racist. Like <laughs> so- uh, he Eddie, Eddie um, plays his Asian dad doing Asian face. He, I don't want to say yellow face because I feel like calling an Asian person yellows is- kind of fucking racist. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel bad even saying black guy, but African-American to me always sounds weird because it not only sounds like I'm trying to be overly politically correct, but I, you know, they, they're born here. Right. It's not, yeah. Right. <laughs> so, um, you know, they're just American. They're black, black guy. I don't know. That's a whole other conversation to have, but somehow Eddie Murphy does not know how to t- toe the line on not being offensive to black women, Asian people. Um, oh, God, I wish I remembered the name of the restaurant, his dad. But his his dad, or no, I think it's Adoption. It's a restaurant, Chinese restaurant.
0: The restaurant's called the Golden Wonton. The Golden
1: Wonton, yeah. Um, so really just knocking it out of the park in terms of uh, violently offensive.
0: It's got a lot of people in it. I'm looking at the cast list right so now. So it's
1: got Eddie Murphy. It's got Terry Crews, Tandy
0: Newton, Cuba Gooding Jr. Cuba Gooding
1: Jr. is Thandie Newton's love interest. Eddie Griffin that is also a piece of shit. Eddie Griffin. Cat Williams. Cat Williams. Uh, this Marlon is at the height, height of Cat Williams' dumb too.
0: Marlon Wayans and Charlie uh, Murphy.
1: Yeah, I think this might be Charlie Murphy's like last appearance before he passed away, like one of his last um, roles.
0: I don't know about that because this was 2007.
1: Yeah. And I think he passed away in like 2008, 2009, 2017. Oh, did he? Yeah. Oh no shit. Okay. I thought he was way. Okay. <laughs> Damn. Um, it,
0: well it then was, no,
1: it definitely wasn't one of his last roles.
0: It was also like oddly successful.
1: Oh, yeah, no, because everybody, like myself, it, we thought it was, like, the Nutty Professor. We, we saw him, we saw Eddie Murphy in his suits, his fat suit especially, like, doing the shtick again. Um, right. Like, what we're probably going to see with Coming to America, if that's still happening. If two,
0: yeah, if is still happening. Yeah. Um, so, it made $160, 160 million against a $60 million budget. Yeah. And it has a, a unique distinction it's one of a few movies ever to be nominated for eight or so it was nominated for eight golden raspberries
1: the Razzies yes.
0: it won three of them.
1: Wow, only three
0: yes, but it also received a nomination for an academy Award for best makeup.
1: you the Rasputia makeup on him is yeah and, and the asian the, the Asian dude makeup on him looks looks convincing.
0: So it's kind of funny that it would get critically panned and win all these Razzies would get nominated for an Oscar for makeup. Yeah. Like, yeah.
1: Hey, this movie sucks, but the one that shocks me though is like, cause I think it was so early in her career for Thandie Newton, but mm-hmm. Tandy Newton, but she's just a prestige actress to me now. Like I'm sure she, like I'm not saying she can't do comedy. Right. I just think this is below her. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's definitely below and her. And I think
0: even then like in the beginning of her career it's below her. Um so she here's how her career goes. It goes Mission Impossible 2, The Truth yeah. About Charlie remake, The Chronicles of Riddick, okay. Crash, oh. The Pursuit of Happiness. Then yeah. she goes Norbit. So, okay, so <laughs> she is in a Oscar-winning film
1: and then a Oscar-nominated, very well-received film with Will Smith,
0: and then Norbit, and then she follows up Norbit with Rock and Rolla. She was Condoleezza Rice in W with all the Oliver Stone George yeah, W. Bush yeah. film. She's in 2012. Yeah, and oh, then yeah, she kind of moves into prestige more.
1: Yeah, but she—I mean, she gets her blockbuster. She gets those big like. Let's get me a new house. Hell yeah. She's like, movies. Hey. But She's Norbit is the one that's in there that you're like, wait, why? That had to have been. As I said, her and Eddie Murphy have to be really good friends. Or Terry Cruz or Cuba Gooding Jr. I forgot Griffith. about Cuba Gooding Jr. Yeah. being her boyfriend in it. That's like, he, because Norbit is with Rasputia, but Thandy Newton comes into town. And it's like his childhood love, right? His childhood love. And she and him start to rekindle their friendship. Oh. And this is upsetting to Rasputia. So she starts to do various things to Norbit, making his life a living hell. And he just takes this stuff because he's a meek, weak little man. And it's all about him overcoming and standing up for himself. And I don't know who hurt Eddie Murphy at some point in what relationship. But Do you think there's really a Rasputia? really feels like he's working through some things with this movie.
0: If that's not even a made-up name. Uh, I don't
1: know. I don't think in his life, but still, like it's it's awful and so good.
0: And even better, it's and streaming. And Nippleopolis is the best. It's streaming on Hulu right now.
1: Oh, no shit. I might watch that tonight.
0: It's also free if you want to stream it through TNT or TBS on this. demand.
1: So the next three... That you're about to hear
0: from me, I own on Blu-ray. I have one more that comes into my head right now. And I think hindsight has been okay to it. It's not the best movie by any stretch of the imagination. But revisiting it, it's better, I think, than people remember. And it's certainly better than some of the things that came after as far as this franchise is concerned. Uh, so my my next one is the 2007 Spider Man three. That three,
1: I was holding up three for Tokyo Drift.
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, everything that I came out after you about Ra- to hit me with Tokyo Drift. Everything that came out after Tokyo Drift was better. So I watched Spider Man three recently. Spider Man three is the first movie that I ever stayed out at a movie theater to wait till midnight to see really yeah i no waited shit. all night this was before assigned seating and shit yes so we got there at like five and Oh yeah waited till midnight so we could have good seats yeah uh I was in that same midnight showing. i remember being a like
1: because we live in the same town for I, listeners
0: i was 17 spider-man was is like for me for superheroes it's always been like
1: i was 38 no i'm just yeah i was 19 (laughs) it's always been
0: (laughs) 1a 1b for me on spider-man and batman as far as like who my favorite is so like i was i was watching this and i was like i've sat and i've waited for seven hours to watch this movie so i think like in my brain i was like i'm going to like this no matter what and it's absolutely insane it's It's insane trash it's overly stuffed with plot. It's, oh, it's unnecessarily stacked with villains. It wastes venom in like a 30 minute throwaway at the end because Sam Raimi just didn't want it in the movie. Um, you get a surprisingly like Thomas Hayden Church as Sandman is. Like, well, he
1: wanted to focus on the Sandman thing. Didn't it's he? like
0: low key sad. Yeah. I think before Sam Raimi's initial idea was like the vulture.
1: Oh or something yeah. Like that. Yeah.
0: And they said no. So he said okay and he came back with Sandman and uh new goblin. Yeah. And the studio was like, yeah, this is the third. How about Venom?" And he was like, "I don't we could do Venom for a fourth one cuz I think his original storyboards was 3 was going to end with the moon rock coming and the symbiote. Yeah. And set up 4. But the dis- the dispute that they had over this led to him quitting and they just rebooted it altogether.
1: With the very, very awful and not going to be on here amazing Spider-Man
0: movie. That's what I'm saying is I think the the failure of the Amazing Spider-Man one and two gives people rose colored glasses when they look back at Spider-Man three.
1: Oh, absolutely. Because you've yeah. got
0: you've got Toby, you've got you've got the, the great dance scene, he buys the cheap suit from the sale from the sales shop he's dancing to james brown's get on up and move your funky soul uh you've got james franco eating pie which is like the most (laughs) incredible line reading of his career oh man i think between what does he say He's like, she's like, how's the pie, sweetie? And he just looks at her and goes, it's so good. It's so good. <laughs> he between, has this huge smile on his face. He's Yeah, so between that, it's for me, for James Franco line readings, it's the pie line, or it's Spring Break from Spring Breakers.
1: Oh, okay, okay.
0: Um, But it's just- For it's, me, it's anything from This is the End. That's fair. That, that's a cli- <laughs> that's an incredible. Fuck you, <laughs> Danny McBride. <laughs> uh, but- it's just this movie makes Kirsten Dunst's Mary Jane Watson, just the most irredeemable trash person. She's like, all of a sudden, two ends and she's like, I want to be with you because I I love you. It doesn't matter that you're going to be risking life and limb. Like, go do you and I'm here for you. And then it's like, well, six months later, like she's kind of fed up with the She's fed up with the Spider-Man, she's Man shit.
1: With the <laughs> Spider-Man shit. She's like, hey, you don't, you're never around. You're, what You're you? literally never around. And he's
0: like, "Well, I'm sorry, but." And she's mad because like her career is failing as an actress. Yeah. She gets terrible reviews after terrible reviews and he's People just, are like,
1: "She's a bad actress. This is not good." And he's like, just kind of like <laughs> nicely trying to be like,
0: "Well, maybe it's time to find maybe something else." Maybe we do else. something else. I mean, I'm busy Spider-Man and yeah. I'm doing, I'm taking photos. You've got Bryce Dallas Howard as uh, as Gwen Stacy,
1: which I was like, "What?" I
0: did not know this was Bryce Dallas Howard. I think she had that and Lady in the Water in like the same 12-month span. Maybe. Yeah, I would Uh, imagine. Those are her big breaks. Topher Grace is Venom. Yeah,
1: those are her big breaks. I'm sure it had nothing to do with her family lineage.
0: Yeah, that's fair. (laughs) Um, Topher Grace as Eddie Brock was a controversial casting choice. Oh, Jesus, it's so bad. It's
1: so bad. I got
0: to be honest. No. I kind of dig it
1: it's so bad it's eric foreman from that 70s show because that's the character he's playing he
0: gets evil and being venom just gives him frosted tips
1: yeah and spiky teeth and sharp teeth
0: sharp teeth and frosted tips yep i love i well he
1: had the frosted tips they just go spiky
0: i i have to just dwell on the montage of spider-man as the evil Spider-Man when he's dancing and like Dr. Connors is investigating and like analyzing the suit. And he's like, Peter, you didn't keep this. Did you like, this isn't. And he's like making the girl at his apartment building, feed him cookies and stuff like, and like the things they choose to use that personify. hate he's like
1: hitting on the girl that is the daughter of, of the his landlord. Tenant. Yeah. His landlord. I think
0: he bitches at the landlord. At he some point he too. snaps
1: at the landlord. And I think that's what turns the daughter on. Is because he steps up to her and the daughter's like, Oh, you yeah. stepped up to my dad. And that's, I think, why she, she brings him cookies for some reason. And he's like, Feed me him. And he's like, Yeah, yeah. Feed me, feed me, feed uh, me. Starts hitting on um, Elizabeth Banks. He is- takes Gwen Stacy on a date <laughs> just to rub it in Mary Jane Watson's face. Yes. And Gwen Stacy's like, You just did this to use me for you, that? And he's like, Yep, pretty much. <laughs> See you later. <laughs>
0: He takes her to a piano bar yeah. that he knows Mary Jane is at.
1: Working at.
0: So that they could have a, like a five minute dance across the tables.
1: Because she's a diner waitress and a bar maid of she, some yeah, sort. Yeah, she's
0: like working as many jobs as she can. Yeah, because, because acting just is, is not working. Out. Yeah, And she's like, you used me? And he's like, I think she looks at Mary Jane and she's like, I'm sorry, I didn't know. And that's when he's like, oh, man, I'm hella evil. I got to get rid of this. Yeah. He's like, Uh, oh, I just
1: subconsciously did. Which
0: not to mention the fact that Mary Jane, the whole reason he did that is because Mary Jane basically like says to his face, I don't love you because Harry as the new goblin is like blackmailing her. Yeah. Hey, I'm I'm going to kill him and you. And she has. to. Oh, yeah.
1: No, that's what all her shittiness is. She's not. She's like down and she talks to Peter at first. She's like, hey. Like, you're kind of going a little hard with the Spider-Man stuff. You're not paying attention to me. I would like a little love. And he's like, oh, yeah, we'll work on it. And then Harry gets a hold of her and is like, you're going to do this or I'm going to fucking... Kill everybody. Yeah, kill everyone, you and everyone you love.
0: And so his reaction is, I got to take Gwen Stacy to this piano bar and really rub it in Mary Jane's face. Yeah,
1: he's like, check it out. I'm with the blonde babe now. Uh, Yeah. Also, Gwen Stacy, like, Spider-Man's kind of true love... Honestly, like is that's Gwen Stacy yeah. and he fucking caused her death. And then this movie just like, you don't get any of that. It's, it's, she just uses a fucking prop. Yeah, pretty much. Like that's it.
0: She's dating Eddie Brock at the start of the movie.
1: Yeah, kind of. Not really. Yeah. Like They're just like talking. Maybe. It seems
0: like he's a little bit like.
1: It seems like he's just hovering and yeah. she's like, okay. He's not getting the hint. Yeah. So. Yeah. But yeah, the ending fights, the Sandman storyline has a twist to it that's really dumb. That it's, you think he killed Ben, <laughs> but in the end he wasn't the one who killed Ben. The
0: Sandman, Thomas Hayden Church's Sandman is just incredible because he's not the actor I would think of to put in any type of superhero movie. Like I wouldn't put him anywhere near. <laughs> you can watch
1: Wings as a kid and be like, yeah. There we go. I don't need That's the dude who from- I need.
0: I don't need the sad sack from Sideways to be- I think he did this the same year. I think uh, Sideways might have been a year or two before, but-
1: But he's not the sad sack in hi- Sideways.
0: No, is he the partier in Sideways? Yeah. It's Paul Giamatti's the yeah. sad sack, huh? He's yeah. the one
1: who comes running out with that biker dude with his wiener out chasing him.
0: Oh, yeah. I forgot about he that. He does
1: Sideways in 2004, Spider-Man 3 in 2007. He did George of the Jungle in 97 before this. That's <sighs> nice. what I meant.
0: Uh, J.K. Simmons, still great as J. Jonah Jameson.
1: Whatever, I pulled out the Wings reference. Fuck you. Yeah,
0: basically. Still the best uh, casting in any Marvel movie, pretty much, is J.K. Simmons as J. Jonah Jameson. Yes. Uh, But that's, yeah, Spider-Man 3, watch it again. If you've seen the terrible... Andrew Garfield Amazing Spider Man movies.
1: This is so much better than that. It's a
0: world I mean, it's not as good as the new ones now, Homecoming and Far From Home. No. But it's definitely not the miss that you remember this being. I mean, yes, it is no.
1: So this is very comic book.
0: It's yeah, it's Sam like it makes sense in the canon of Sam Raimi movies.
1: Yes, one hundred percent. I think
0: expectations were high and people were upset that Venom was mishandled, but knowing what you're watching now, it's a lot easier to palate. It's like a lot more palatable. And I don't really care about, uh, Venom. You're the biggest Venom fan. I, there is literally a four foot silk felt Venom poster above his head while we were recording. <laughs> yeah, it. totally. I'm really. He's wearing a big, lethal-
1: in, big on Todd McFarlane. You know what's funny though is I'm literally wearing the first uh, like Todd McFarlane cover of Spider Man. You're wearing the right the, now. Uh,
0: What's it called? The what protector? Lethal protector. Was that the Venom run where he was like an anti-hero?
1: Oh, I forget. I okay, don't know. I, I literally thinking. don't like Venom. Like I don't. I'm. That's he's, why I can't keep this he's, joke he's going. Totally can. I really don't like Venom. I don't know, and I don't have any comics of Venom. Uh, Anyways, it this is on Hulu. Venom is the monster energy drink of supervillains. <laughs> uh, fucking so, terrible.
0: So, so, what do you? What's your next one? What so do you the got?
1: next one again, I own on Blu-ray, and it is the Love Guru. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Okay. <laughs> I really have no defense for this movie. Um it's uh it's the Mike Myers Justin Timberlake hockey movie, right? Jessica Alba. Uh, Jessica Alba, right. John Just Oliver. A, uh of uh Vern Troyer's beacon, last movie, I believe. A beacon of charisma, Jessica Alba. I think it's uh Vern Troyer's last film. It might be. Um Poor Guy.
1: So the Love Guru <laughs> Is, what's it about? So Mike Myers plays a love guru. A, you don't say. A um, Deepak Chopra-esque mm-hmm. type guru uh, who helps people with their love lives. He has been tasked with helping out Jacques Lecoq of the Toronto Maple Leafs get his love mojo back which no is, no 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 he's not it's not chocolate cock chocolate cock is justin timberlake yeah the one he's charged with getting the love power back for is what's his name from
0: the 40-year-old virgin
1: oh fuck the one that kevin hart yells at oh shit what's his name oh
0: i got you uh romany malco it's romany malco darren yes. Roanoke. yes the, darren roanoke so
1: he's having tr- they're in the playoffs he's have he's like he can't score. He can't do anything, and he's got to solve his he got to solve his mojo problem. Mm-hmm. So they bring the team, brings in the love guru Mike Myers to help him with that. And come to find out, it's because of Justin Timberlake's character Jacques Lecoq, and he has a bigger cock and is fucking his wife or something of that nature. His, it says
0: his wife. He's been playing bad because his wife left him for Jacques, L.A. Kings goaltender Jacques, Jacques Lecoq, Lecoq Grande.
1: Yeah, Jacques Lecoq Grande. He has a big old what winger. a name. Uh, you know, he's got a big old wiener. Do you so. think that
0: was an instant yes from Timberlake when he found out what the character's name and probably in like essence was going yeah. to be? Yeah, yeah. Hey, you're a big dicked goalie.
1: Yeah, you're goaltender for the LA Kings. Your name implies that you have a giant wiener and you have a giant wiener. And it's like, oh, yeah, totally. Because we don't know. Like, I've never seen Justin Timberlake wiener. You have a little wiener. So you play an act like this. Everybody thinks you got a big wiener.
0: Mm-hmm. So, yeah, they offer Mike Myers' love guru $2 million to fix the marriage so that the team can win the Stanley And World. I think
1: he's in, like, financial trouble. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah, so, and... Uh,
0: the only thing I remember about this movie is that he says Mariska Hargitay a time. Yes, he does. Like, that's one of his mantras. His,
1: like, yeah, his ma- mantra is just saying Mariska Hargitay's name. <laughs> Detective Olivia Benson. Yes. From, <laughs> from Law and Order Special Victims use it, Unit. Uh, so, as most of you know her, Detective Olivia Benson. So what? Bom,
0: bom. What is it about this movie that you enjoy?
1: Oh god, everything. Um I, it is over the top. Um it's so bad. It really takes the cake when it comes to some of the worst movies ever made mm-hmm. because it has a normal studio budget. This isn't some low-end B-rated movie. This was Mike Myers trying to tap in and create. You can tell he's trying to create a new character, like Austin Powers, um, something he can franchise again. It came at a time when I, like, no one was asking for a movie like this. No one was asking for. So this is two thousand eight. Yeah, and really, it's I think maybe five years removed from Goldmember. Two three years removed uh, from gold, six member. years from gold member, six years removed from gold member. So, no one was really asking for him to step back into that Michael My- Mike Myers role of.
0: It's so hard not to say Michael
1: Myers. Uh, yeah, I know, I know. Of just basically being um, white Eddie Murphy of playing like all these different characters. Yeah, I'm noticing and- you
0: have a soft spot for multi. Yes. Like one character. Yes, playing yeah. Because oh, yeah. I
1: love Mike Myers. I, I really do love Mike this Myers. This movie also and the third and final movie I mentioned, or maybe not the final movie because I have other ones running we'll, through we'll, my head here.
0: We'll we'll do this again. We don't want this to be too long. So we'll, yeah, we'll, we'll do so, one more for you, and then we'll okay. We'll put a bow on it to come back again if this does well.
1: Okay. So yeah. So um,
0: leave leave some meat on the bone. So, we so can, yeah,
1: the love Guru... I mean,
0: really, like we said it right there. The dude's name is Jacques
1: Lecoq. It ruins it, it, his it ruins everyone's career mike
0: myers is like i'm not doing anything on my own again after this he has his cameo in inglorious bastards no
1: that's this ended his career essentially yeah this literally ended his career
0: he does shrek forever after which does not do as well as the other three shreks yeah he appeared in the i am chris farley documentary and then he didn't do anything else until 2018 when he was in Bohemian Rhapsody. As like and the even record then, label he's, head. yeah,
1: he's just an extra carry. Like he hasn't done something that he leads. Since this. Since this. And I, I there's an old Everbrew article where I write about how there needs to be an Austin Powers 4. Yes. And to this day, I will like, there needs to be Austin Powers 4. We just Austin need Powers
0: him. gets woke. No. <laughs> well, because you can't make an Austin Powers movie now.
1: No, I know. But no, you can. But you make it with today's like the whole feminist movement. Exactly. You literally like it's it's you just hammer him with that, and he has to like adjust to it, and he just does not. It's literally you're just rebooting the first one because that's what yeah um, that's what that's what what's her name is Elizabeth um, Hurley. Elizabeth Hurley yeah. is essentially the whole entire. She's like we what the fuck yeah, what <laughs> <talking> <laughs> yeah. And then she ends up falling in love with him, but in this one it's just like no falling in lot. love, just <laughs> like. Hey, yo, she was a Fembot. That's time. true. Um, Jacques Lecoq, he says Mariska Hargitay as a, like, blessing. Like, it, everything about this movie is... It
0: also features John, uh, John Oliver and Stephen Colbert as, yeah. The, yeah, as the announcers. Oh. Yeah. Jim Gaffigan, Rob Hubel. Oh, yeah. Uh, ben Kingsley.
1: Yes, Ben Kingsley is in this fucking movie this his as, his, as his, like, cross-eyed mentor. Do you... That takes a mop a mop filled with piss and has him dodge it. Do you think as like a training mission?
0: Ben Kingsley was like, I need this money. Or do you think he thought this was hilarious?
1: Uh, no, I genuinely think actors like that are like, just give me that check.
0: Just give me that check.
1: I've got my, my minimum that I asked for. Daddy wants a new boat. Daddy wants a new pool. Just anything of that nature. Um, so yeah, the love guru can't recommend it enough it is awful but you will laugh at how awful it
0: is all right now now take us home here what's your last one so the final one Duddy professor to the clumps uh (laughs) no that's a good movie
1: um so the final one is one that i think has kind of come around in people's eyes okay um and even when it came out people were like This isn't as bad as the other shit that he's doing. And that is Adam Sandler in You Don't Mess With the Zohan. Okay. Uh, Based on mildly a true story. Okay. Yeah. About a um, former uh, Israeli military serviceman. Yeah. Who came to America and became a hairstylist. Uh, I don't know if he was banging it out with his clientele. clientele but um, yeah, no, it is like loosely based off of a true story of this guy who was like the most badass serviceman in the Israeli army and then came over here and just became a salon stylist. And um, so, really, this, I believe, involves uh, Israeli Palestinian. Um, relations Mm -hmm. um it involves a uh adam sandler in the worst wig wig you've ever seen him in banging it out with old ladies uh who are the clientele of this salon right of course um it has all the trademarks of middle career adam sandler where it's really just outlandish dependency upon having his friends in the film.
0: I was going to say, the cast list reads like any other... It's Adam Sandler, John Turturro, Nick Swardson, Rob Schneider, Dave Matthews.
1: Yeah, Dave... Oh,
0: (laughs) yes! Kevin Nealon.
1: (laughs) Oh, no, it's not... So, it touches on... I'm sorry. So, it does touch on Israeli-Palestinian relations, but it's not as much as that as... uh, Because this came out when... Oh, shit, I forget...
0: This was 2008,
1: 2008. So, yeah, it is post 9-11 and it is kind of in the heat of really any Middle Eastern person facing persecution in America. For for
0: reference, this came out two weeks before the Love Guru. Yes, I know.
1: I saw both (laughs) in theaters Um, and I own both on Blu-ray.
0: That's incredible. Did you own them on DVD as well? Or was Blu-ray enough of a thing at the time? Blu-ray
1: was enough of the thing at the time. Okay. Okay, so this... Sorry, and I had it wrong. This is more of the precipice of us getting to what is later career Sandler, of really dependency upon his friends in the movie and just really the most ridiculous storylines. Because after this, it's Grown Ups, Just Go With It, Mm -hmm. Jack and Jill, That's My Boy, Uh, Grown Ups 2, Blended
0: that fat next Netflix deal
1: pixels the oh. cobbler if you want to throw that in there pixels um and the ridiculous six things like that so uh with this though I uh, you have Dave Matthews uh playing an alt-right super racist hillbilly that's trying to get him out of the neighborhood okay because he's banging their wives it's the ladies man
0: Oh, okay. Yeah, <laughs> just... I
1: totally forgot that there's a subplot to this. That is totally the plot of the ladies, man. Cool. Where he's banging, uh, um, Will Ferrell's wife. Will Farrell's wife, and they fight at the end. They wrestle, right? Yeah, in, like, they the wrestle. Yep. Yeah, they have a full-on right. Re- he challenges them to a wrestling match. Uh, whereas this, they try to like sabotage the neighborhood that he's cutting hair in. It's really ridiculous. I haven't seen it in a very long time, so I'm sorry if I'm okay. Really, just having a piss poor way of explaining this. But uh, Adam Sandler uh, is doing an Israeli accent in it. Uh, He says things like silky smooth and um, you don't mess with the Zohan.
0: Of course. Yeah. Um,
1: He has a massive bush. Okay. Like just a massive pubic bush that like pushes his hair, like his shorts out. (laughs) Like it's a big focus of the movie is his massive bush. And he takes pride in his massive bush, even though he's a stylist. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, he tells all the women, I'm going to make you silky smooth. And then he fucks them. He fucks all the women. He has sex with all these old women, bringing them to the ultimate climax. Well, this is... <laughs> like like, like uh, There's a whole entire scene of old women just like screaming in a back room. This is yet another
0: in the unbelievably fruitful collaboration that is Adam Sandler and director Dennis Dugan.
1: Oh dude, and I think this was like a budget of like fifty million and made
0: like two hundred million or some shit. Uh it was a budget of ninety and it made two hundred and
1: four point three. Yeah, okay, there we go. Either way. Like it's still raked in some money.
0: Oh hell yeah it did. It was uh so they together they have done Happy Gilmore, Big Daddy, Chuck and Larry, You Don't Mess with the Zohan, Grown Ups 1 and 2. Just go with it and Jack and Jill. Oh,
1: he fakes his death. That's what it is. An Israeli special forces soldier fakes his death so he can emerge in New York City as a hairstylist.
0: He adopts the alias Scrappy Coco.
1: Yes, he does adopt the alias Scrappy Coco.
0: That's incredible. I have not seen this in a long time.
1: Oh, it's fantastic. Like It is actually very, very fantastic. Um, I, to this day... Enjoy the shit out of it and do not care what anyone has to say. And you know what? It's
0: on Netflix.
1: It is. I think every movie I've mentioned is available for streaming. I
0: think most of the ones that I've mentioned are too. Yeah.
1: So, and this, I mean, it's a brisk two hours. Um, It's almost 120 minutes and you feel every minute of it. (laughs) And every minute is silky smooth.
0: Um, that's, I think that's an excellent place to leave off. I mean, we, cause, okay. Yeah. We're almost, there's going to be yeah. a
1: like very James Bond centric. So the next one is probably going to be me going over most of, um, Roger Moore and Pierce Brosnan's careers as James Bond. So, 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 so there we go. There's a tease for you. <laughs> like a solid majority of Roger Moore's and a solid, pretty solid, like Pierce Brosnan made four films. Two of them are very bad, but very good. So that's okay. Uh, there's a tease. So thank you. you got to figure out which ones. Let, it's pretty are clear. the good ones and uh, bad ones.
0: Let us know what you think. If this is something you want us to revisit again, because there are plenty of bad movies out there that we love. Yes. Uh, let us know what your favorite terrible movies are, or the movies that like you get the most shit about loving. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram uh, at Heiferbrew. Just slide into our DMs, or you can send us an email. See, I thought I shot
1: my load a little early on this one with Zohan, Norbit, and um, Love Guru. Guru. Yeah. Because those, I mean, honestly, those to me. uh, Rocky 5. No, no, no. Rocky 5 was actually, it's probably the most eloquent I was in regards to any of these. Yeah. Um, The last three, though, are kind of you need to see it to believe it. They are three of the worst films ever made.
0: So, the movie mailbag at gmail.com. Uh, let us know, and we will be back, guys. Thank you for listening. Thank you.